Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello, I'm Mark Dolan and welcome to Headliners, your nightly romp through tomorrow's papers. Now, a wise person once said that people don't remember what you say or do, they remember how you make them feel. Well, with that being said, tonight we have a woman that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. It's Sajila Kershey. Aww. <laughs> and a man that makes me feel we need to close the border to Scotland, Leo Kurse. You tried that before. Hadrian's wall is like two feet tall. It was just great. climb over it. You could leap over it, especially with those long legs of yours. Uh, before we start, let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages. And we'll kick off with the Mail on Sunday. Rwanda asylum plan is working. Channel migrants are already asking to be sent home, not to African centres. Interesting exclusive there in tomorrow's Mail on Sunday. Let's move on now, shall we, Claire, to the Telegraph. Sunday Telegraph, Tories in threat to torpedo unions. Conservative ministers planning to break stranglehold on transport and education. Civil servants erasing women from new laws. And windfall tax on energy giants will not tackle the cost of living crisis, ministers warn Sunak. Observer next PM to sacrifice top official over Partygate to save himself. And Ukrainian man drives 3,700 kilometres to reunite with parents and fiancé 10 kilometres away. Sunday Mirror next. Wagatha Christie exclusive. Colleen, it's in the bag. Rooney tells Pal I will be vindicated. She celebrated with a cup of tea. And the final showdown. Of course, uh, Liverpool face Man City for the uh, championship, uh, the uh, Premier League title. Sunday Times rich list next. NHS covered up ambulance deaths scandal. Trust managers altered files to hide mistakes by staff from coroners and grieving families. And floating voter, brilliant photograph of an Australian man in his speedos voting in the Australian elections. Also another interesting story on the front page of the Sunday Times. Sunak and Johnson clash over how to spend windfall tax. Sunday Express now, free tuition pledge for all pupils. Education Secretary vows he will provide one-to-one -one help for everyone in need. And sacre bleu, how France fell in love with Her Majesty. Brilliant photograph of the Queen looking gorgeous and resplendent in yellow. And last but not least, the Daily Star Sunday. There's a good boy. Special verses. Ukrainian army rescue abandoned Russian attack dog and retrain him to work for them. Lovely story and uh, I think a happy ending to what is uh, a mixed bag of newspaper front pages. Well, let's kick off with the Sunday Express and a pledge on tuition, Leo. Yes, that's right. So every school pupil in the UK is going to be 
going to become eligible for uh, free personal tuition. I mean, they say free. In reality, it's paid for by our taxes, so it's not exactly free. But, uh, yeah, the Education Secretary, uh, Nadim Zahawi, has uh, said that a tutoring programme introduced to help children catch up following COVID lockdowns would now become a permanent feature of the school system, uh, with help being offered to children in danger of falling behind. But this is, this is eligible to, to all children, as I understand it, which is a bit... Bit unfair in the children. If uh, you know, you think like school finishes when the bell goes. It's like no, now you've got to go and have some private tutoring as well. But yeah, I mean, tu okay. private tutoring was needed uh, because you know pupils needed needed to catch up. They missed so much uh, classwork uh, during lockdown, um, and now it's going to be extended, possibly to to help you know improve uh, Britain's chances in the economy of the 21st century, whatever century we're in. Well, well, yeah, feels like we're in the 18th century, doesn't it? Mm. After two years of COVID measures, but I guess. Sajida, this is a step in the right direction. One-on-one -on -one tuition is actually a good part of the educational mix anyway. It is, it is. And I think it's a really good thing um, uh, because they talk much said about levelling up. And I think this does level up because it means that all children have the same sort of starting point. That's really important. Mm. Um, and of course, it's not just the lockdown, which did do a lot of damage to like, um, you know, a friend's little boy. Um, I think he spoke later because, you know, he wasn't around other children. So, yeah, this is a good thing. Uh, indeed. Well, that's a positive note with which to kick off. Let's go to the Sunday Telegraph next. And someone is not getting their health and safety certificate renewed oh. anytime soon. Yeah, Sajila. so this, this happened this morning, 11am um, uh, this morning, during Trooping the Colour, um, uh, basic chaos, the spectators were rushed to, to hospital after stand collapses. So they were having a, uh, a, a rehearsal ahead of the 2nd of June um, Queen's Jubilee, and five people were treated at the scene after the incident at the Horses Guards Parade. Um, it happened when they got up to sing the, um, the national anthem. And three people were being taken to hospital uh, when the section, uh, the section sort of just basically collapsed. A woman is understood to be injured. She fell through and she was like screaming, help me, help me. Um, and it's believed a partial structure failure is to blame for, for this. Um, obviously... They want to make sure that this doesn't happen yeah. with the Queen in attendance. So massive health and safety issue. Luckily, everyone's OK so far. Or the Queen on it. That'd be worse. Yeah, that'd be worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one hell of a viral video, though, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. But, I mean, these structures, these are these are temporary structures that get put up and taken down. So, you know, they're, they're flimsier than a, than a solid balcony, which the Queen is going to be on for the Jubilee. So that's made out of masonry and stone. It's been there for a long time. And what's going to happen? Same. Harry and Meghan will be roughing it on a crane or something, will they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. That's already sort of putting things like, you know, conspiracy theories. Like somebody like, oh, there's a crane going. It just happens to casually yeah. fall. Blah, blah, blah. I bet yeah. not call <laughs> Meghan Markle the dreaded Meghan Markle. Otherwise, I'll get cancelled. Yeah, by me, because, you know, I've jumped about her and we're mates in my dreams. Well, so, yeah. I, I listen, I'm not everyone's your bestie. Because yeah, you're, be, you're the Kershaw. You're having a go at my bestie. You, you've, yeah. got a, you've got a big fan base out there, <laughs> and it's going to grow tonight because we've got lots of other stories to get through, including this one, the Sunday Express. And more bad news for the Queen, this time coming from our Antipodean cousins down under, Leo. That's right. So the results are in for the Australian election and they've had, I think, 10 years of Scott Morrison leading... ScoMo. ScoMo, leading the, the Liberals, who are actually uh, right-wing. They're the equivalent of our Conservatives, but they call them Liberals just to... Because everything's upside down in Australia. Uh, so, and uh, it's weird. And in, in, in the UK, I think Liberals are sort of lefties. And in America, Liberals are socialists. Yeah, yeah. So wherever you go, you've got to check where you are on the map. 
to know where you're politically oriented. Um, but after after winning three elections, ScoMo is out and he's been replaced with the uh, the Labour, the left wing uh, leader, uh, Anthony Albanese. Um, so we're not sure yet. They're still counting the votes. We're not sure if he's going to have a majority or if it's going to be a, a hung parliament because uh, there are a lot of uh, independents uh, this time, apparently. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, one of the one of the things that Anthony Albanese, the the Labour leader, wants is for uh, Australia to drop the Queen as head of state, which seems you know it's not it's not really the best time to do it. She's you know she's having her jubilee uh, celebrations and uh, and also she's you know she's quite old. Can't you know, just wait? Just wait ten years is all I'm saying. Uh, but and this comes comes on the the tail of other countries such as Belize and Jamaica. Uh, announcing that they're thinking about becoming republics and dropping the Queen as head of state. And Barbados, of course, already has in quite a sort of controversial decision. I wonder whether the Australians might regret ditching the monarchy. Mm. Yeah. Because when... you, the alternative to the Queen as head of state and all that history and that partnership between us and Australia is some clapped-out ex-politician as president. And yeah. I'd take the Queen all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And when they get invaded by China, which is obviously going to happen, you know, at least 10 years before it happens yeah, to they'll us. They'll take Taiwan, then, then, then they'll yeah, go they'll to Australia. they'll take Taiwan, New Zealand. I mean, I think they've already bought the, the New Zealand government. But then, then they'll take Australia and because uh, they, they need the resources. And, and we won't have any skin in the game. We won't be, you know, how Boris is, is sending all these tanks and, and missiles and things to, to Ukraine. He won't be doing that for Australia. I'll be honest, I don't think it's actually the Queen that they're, they're you know, getting rid of. It's actually Charles. I still think their people are preempting. So I, I think Queen is still loved. I, do, I don't think that is against the Queen. They don't like the look of Charlie. They King don't Charles. Like, they think, oh, we better get just kind of like sever ties before he gets in. Yeah. They don't want to be King Charles's spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they pay the big bucks. The Sun now. And what's the latest on monkeypox, Sajila? I see you're out in Yes. Yeah, so, what's meant about it? Um, Britain to have a significant rise of monkeypox cases in weeks as disease spreads across Europe. Um, so, apparently, uh, the Pride Festival in Gran Canaria, which was attended by 80K. Now, that is Which, some... Yeah, I never miss it. Some festival. Only, only lockdown kept me away yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I see you still sporting the tan from <laughs> the festival. So mon uh, it's blamed for the monkeypox spread, um, and there's apparently there's a hundred in in Europe, and it's rising fast. I don't know if that's rising fast. A hundred doesn't seem quite a, that as but many. It rose from zero. So it that's, goes to 100. That's a hundred percent increase. That's a hundred percent increase, right? So I mean, obviously, we know post-pandemic, you know, this seems like uh, I think we're so over that that this sort of feels like. Oh, OK, so how serious is this? Um, and it's like you get... Uh, the, the symptoms are a high temperature, mm. a headache, muscle aches, um, backache, swollen glands, shivering and exhaustion, which pretty much could be the we flu. You get or... big monkey poxes. Oh, you get... Oh, yeah, the rash... Well. Is, oh, sorry, the rash comes... That's really weird. All the rash those... looks horrible. Yeah, but the rash is at the end. The rash usually appears one to five days after the symptoms. The rash does look really Ooh. minging. It's just yeah. horrible. It's like piles yeah. all over your arms. But apparently it's speak spread with, through... Uh, speak with some knowledge there, <laughs> spread <Yeah>. Leah. <laughs> well, I'm, you care I'm... <laughs> to, to uh, talk to the doctor about this? No. Uh... <laughs> it does look but horrible. That, that could be one of the ways it's spread. It's spread through sexual contact. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, this, this is why you know it's spread at this this festival. Um, but for it to jump from from monkeys to humans. Yeah, can so we stop somebody... doing things with yeah, animals? Yeah, we just got to stop. Stop. Whatever it. we're doing with monkeys. Yeah, stop it. Because didn't you know who you are from, out there? Came from right. apes as well. Stop so, it. Uh, this is. <laughs> I, can I say I want to apologise? Full, full disclosure, but in the GB News canteen, I actually had bat and monkey for lunch. Hmm. 
I'm really, really oh, sorry. Oh, is that what the remains were in the bin? It's the Pretty. You didn't recycle places. it properly. Feels irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was no there recycling going on, Leo, honestly. Mark's terrible. But, yeah, whatever you're... I agree. Whatever you're doing, just stop it, because why are we getting all these... Stop interfering with the animals. Yeah. yeah. Good. A very, very fair point indeed. A good motto for life, I would argue. <laughs> um, moving on. The Mail on Sunday next. And now the government want to stop present-day 13-year-olds from smoking in 2020... No, 2030. Leo, explain. Right. Like, forward planning with, with a ban on smoking. Yeah, they want young people to not smoke. So they're going to raise the age at which smoking is legal. Uh, so I think at the moment it's, uh, it's 18. Is it 18? Mm -hmm. It used to be 16. Mm -hmm. when, I was, when I was a kid, it was 16. And uh, yeah, I'm, when it, my dad was a kid, you're given a, he was given a lighter on his uh, 14th birthday to encourage him to smoke. So it was seen as a good thing. So it shows how, how things have changed. Um, but yeah, they want to bring the legal smoking age up to 21 uh, under plans from Sajid Javid to cut the number of smokers to just 5% of Britons by 2030. Uh, and he's also going to have new taxes on, uh, on tobacco companies uh, and on their profits. Um, and obviously tobacco is already heavily taxed. So this, this has got the danger of, uh, of actually encouraging the black market and, and tobacco smuggling and also counterfeit cigarettes, which, mm. which are a thing and are much worse for you. because they're basically made from the, the sweepings of the uh, cigarette factory floor mixed in with bits of carpet and tractor tyre. Um, oh, student days reminds me of my school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking soap bar. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're also uh, going to... The NHS is going to encourage people to switch to e-cigarettes and vaping. And some people are saying that this is the nanny state, but, I mean, really, smoking is quite bad. And, uh, you know, when you're young, you feel invincible. When I was, when I was a teenager, I, I smoked because I thought it was cool. And it wasn't... I was, I was still a spotty little nerd. It's just I smell of cigarettes. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I think really, you, I mean, I can understand the reason behind it. Totally agree. It's wrong and blah, blah, blah. It's not good for you. Don't do it out there. But it's, as soon as you say you're going to put it up to 21, what's the first thing young people are going to want to do? I know. It makes it more attractive. It, like, anything prohibited and not allowed, you want to do well, more of it. Well, that's why I had bat for lunch earlier. That is why you had bat for earlier. And that is why people are getting covered with the pox. Yes. It's forbidden. But you raise a really good point because in some ways we're both parents. Yeah. And you would take smoking over drug use by your child as the lesser of two evils, wouldn't you? Oh, that's a that's that's like one of those cut questions. I mean, yeah, of course, of co course. Cocaine versus yeah, oh, cocaine, versus yeah, you know Marlboro Light. Of marijuana, yeah. What uh, about magic mushrooms? Magic mushrooms. Actually, no. Even, I, I, I think I would also prefer my sons smoked than even smoked marijuana, actually. Because the difference is, I mean, smoking's terrible for your health, but marijuana's mind-altering, and that yeah, concerns me. Yeah, we have me. got a story later on which kind of addresses the, the, the other uses of marijuana, but I think smoking is so awful, mm. and it just really, you know... I mean, it's not, but it, it is one... It's, it's always been sold as being cool, that's the thing. Yeah. And the moment you say you're going to have to be 21 now to buy cigarettes, everyone's going to be going trying to get them, as you say, from the black market, you know, rolling up, like, dangerous I, I, stuff. I don't think it'll make it that cool, to be honest. I mean, because 21 is at the age where... It's starting to get middle-aged, so they're going to associate it with old people. <laughs> oh, my God, what the hell are we, then, if that's middle-aged? We're, like, we're like basically coughing chasers. <laughs> we, we probably are, let's be honest. Uh, well, look, I don't often do this, but I, years and years ago, foolishly smoked for a brief period, and I read a book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't own shares in that company, but I read the book and never looked at a cigarette again. Six million copies sold. Alan Carr, Easy Way. That's my recommendation, but if you're having issues with smoking or any addiction, do talk to your GP. Uh, I, more... I got off with go heroin. 
Oh, that's actually yeah. very really good. Really weaned me off. Yeah, yeah, that takes you down. I can see you're, you're nicely cooking with gas tonight. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, look, uh, on that rather uh, exciting and uh, narcotic note, let's move on to the cost of living crisis in the Observer, Sajila. Oh, this is, this, this is a, you know, just going to keep going, isn't this story? So, um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Shock as some UK grocery prices rise by more than 20%. So, um, which uh, have done uh, a little finding here. They say that cereal, mushrooms and cheese among the items to have risen the most. Um, and, and, and like, oh my God. So in Sainsbury's in Whitechapel, um, the cost of rising food prices has, has uh, enforced a particular young woman called Petra Emanuel to change her shopping habits. She's basically saying, coupled with the cost of um, fuel prices, uh, utilities bills, uh, she's buying, uh, you know, she says, I don't buy branded food but I, even the simplest items have gone up in, in price. Um, and the biggest price rises include 500 gram of Kellogg's Crunchy Nut Cornflakes, <gasps> up by 21.4% at Tesco's. A vital state. I know, well, it, it's very Moorish. And um, Asda's own yeah. label, own label. You talked about heroin, Crunchy I know, Nut Cornflakes. Oh, it's heroin oh, in a bowl. It is, it's crack, that is. And it's very crunchy. It's the brown sugar. Uh, <laughs> brown sugar. Closed cup mushrooms, 20, <laughs> oh, same, but by the same increase. Um, and then mature extra mature cheddar cheese, the cathedral one, mm -hmm. rose by 21.1%. I'm sorry, but they came They came for the mushrooms. I said nothing. They came for the crunchy nut cheese. <laughs> nothing but do not take my cathedral cheese. I love right. it. That's exactly right. You and your Edam will not Edam. be celebrated. Uh, let's move on now to the Sunday Times. And a row at a school has spilled out onto the Twitter sphere. Leo, what's going on? Yeah, so this is, I mean, you, you might remember last week there was a, a row because a, a, a teenage girl was basically bullied out of her school. Uh, she disagreed with, uh, or, or she asked questions. She didn't, you know, explicitly deny what was being taught her, but they, they had, um, you know, a trans rights activist came to, to teach them about trans ideology. She questioned it, questioned it and, and posited that perhaps biological sex could be real, uh, men and women could exist and there, there are differences between them. Um, and she was forced out of her, out of her school. Uh, so she's now, uh, she's now being backed by J.K. Rowling, the education secretary, Nadim Zahawi, who's, uh, who's appearing in the papers a lot at the moment, um, and, and various other people. Uh, and uh, she says she's just grateful the important issue is now being discussed. And yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should listen to women on this issue instead of just listening to trans women like me. Yeah, Sajila, uh, <laughs> I know you've had strong views on this in the past. I, oh, I have. And this really saddens me. Um, I mean, one of the things that actually I, I ended up in a rabbit hole looking at a tweet about something you tweeted um, about Owen Jones, who effectively there was trending that she was bullying uh, you know, Jones a bully, and I've always liked him in the past. Guardian but, journalist. Huh? Yes. Yeah. But he had basically said he'd like to speak to the girls who... So he basically saying, this one girl, I don't believe what she said, mm. but let's find out what the other girl said and why she was kicked out. That made no sense to me. It doesn't matter what she did or didn't do. Yeah. A group of people have bullied one person, and now you're saying, let's not forget what she's saying, forget what she asked, because obviously everything she did or said was wrong. And I think this is really dangerous when you are stopping a conversation from happening. Mm. Questions young people have, they need to be answered. And they're using, you know, bullies, school bullies are using this ideology as a, as a mechanism yeah. to bully. I mean, they, they interview uh, one of the teachers at, at length here uh, in this article, and he says, what happened in the sixth form centre is an example of where narcissistic rage masquerades as righteous anger in the form of gleeful outrage. 
Here, otherwise perfectly nice and agreeable individuals collude and congregate to show that they are on the moral high ground. Also, any waverers will be getting the clearest message of what will happen to them if they don't conform. Of course, when you, when you think you've got the moral high ground, when, you, when you're pious and righteous, it, it gives you so much more strength because you know you think you're right. You think what you're doing, like in any any witch hunt from from Salem, yeah. uh, from from wherever, uh, you believe that what you're doing is right, and and you're punishing mm. the person righteous. But this is like school kids. You know, this is school kids. So now it's it's become a very different playground uh, politics. I mean, girls have always been a bit mean or mean children when they're being bullying. But so now, and that how brave is she to like so actually brave. speak out? And and in in Scotland, it's happening in primary schools with kids changing their gender or even their name and their pronouns at the age of five without parental consent. Mm. I mean, it's really disturbing. How do you see this playing out? Because this is not transphobia. We can, I think the three of us agree that transphobia is a terrible thing. If you choose to identify as a different gender, good luck to you. But this is denying the basic facts of biology and also attacking women's rights. It is, and actually they're using transphobia to weaponize, to actually say that there's transphobia going, which isn't happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I want to see more cases where you're saying this is happening, but it's actually a schoolgirl asking a question that is not transphobia. Anyone asking, it's not just transphobia, we've got other stories as well that we're going to cover, I know. Okay. But it's any issue, if you cannot have a debate, and the whole point I think we just talked a little while ago about this show, like, is that we have different opinions, but there is still a comradeship between us. There is still like a unity, and we can still have that. And I don't understand society where, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to switch off because I don't like what they were saying because it doesn't agree with me. Don't be so pathetic. Hmm. You know, you're going to switch off because somebody disagrees with you. How do you make your way through the day and, you know, going to a supermarket, having your daily stuff when everybody thinks against you? It's important to listen to other people's opinions. And this poor girl was shut down for simply having an opinion. Briefly, how do you see this attack on women's rights playing out, the extreme trans ideology? Where does this go, Sajila? I don't know. I, th I'm, I think there's been a backlash and I think the tide is turning. Like even within groups of friends who've been quite right on, they're saying that they, that they feel they've got a different opinion on this than they had earlier. Because even I was like, oh, I mustn't offend anybody. I mustn't say anything. I mustn't upset anyone. But no, that ends up actually me losing my rights, me losing my kind of self of worth or my sense of who I am and what I want to say. So when more ordinary people feel the consequences of this, because at the moment it's quite abstract, isn't it, Leo? But, but when we saw Leah Thomas with, you know, this is a, this is a man that identifies as a woman, yeah. a biological male, smashing women in the pool, at that point the public said, wait a minute, this is a bit odd. Yeah, not just that. I mean, uh, just recently we saw uh, feminists around the statue of Emmeline Pankhurst uh, being um, oh, that was uh, harassed and, and assaulted by males in black masks. And obviously that's... You know, that's a, that's a terrible look for any, for any movement, but for the trans rights movement that's trying to say, you know, look, uh, you know, we can just identify as whatever and you've got to accept it. I mean, to then, you know, be acting in that fashion and putting a noose around Emily Pankhurst's neck, uh, that's, you know, that, that's terrible optics how does for that, any movement. How does that support women in any way? And how does it support uh, transgender yeah, I, 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 people exactly, as well? Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's such a bad part. And many transgender people say, not in my name. Hmm. Exactly. And also, I think I have more of a problem when it comes to male transitioning to women mm. because I think they're mistaken in thinking that they're going to get all these rights. It's not easy being a woman, you know. <laughs> it's not going to sort all your life out. It's not going to fix everything. Uh, Leah, very, very briefly, how do you see this whole trans ideology playing out? Does it go away? 
I think it's going to rumble on. I mean, wokeism is now systemic. It's throughout all our institutions, so everywhere. HR departments, the guidance that's handed down to police, uh, it's in our legislation with hate crime bills, with the online safety bill. Uh, so this isn't... This Corporations isn't as well. Corporations. University. Yeah. The Uni media. University. Everywhere. Everywhere is, is infiltrated and... Not is your house, Systemically though. woke. Not, not well, in your house. I mean, you know, we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of woke. I mean, I support, I support uh, you know, trans rights and stuff, but, you know, I think there, there are elements that have taken it too far and there's obviously a backlash against it and it's tarnishing the whole of wokeness. But surely that's any ideology. Don't take it too far either, either way. Yeah, like I, think, I think that's exactly right. The centre ground, whatever happened to that, well, we'll occupy it in the next part of the show. Uh, we'll be asking the question all Guardian reading parents have asked themselves at some point, is my three-month-old baby a racist? <laughs> See you shortly. Welcome back to Headliners with me, Mark Dolan, and my lovely guests, Sajila Kershi and Leo Kirsch. I'm, of course, using... The term lovely very loosely on this occasion. <laughs> we go to the Sunday Times and what is going on in Blackpool, Sajila? What indeed? So gender referrals for children three times higher, apparently, in Blackpool. Uh, there's been a huge a national increase in the number of children identified as experiencing uh, gender dysphoria. And um, the survey found that on an average, clinical commissioning group refers 32 children per 100,000 for treatment. Uh, 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 more than a 15-fold fold rise since 2010. So that's quite substantial. But in some parts of the country, um, obviously, it's huge. And that statistic, they've obviously, they mean yeah. Blackpool. Um, it's had a referral rate of 115 children per 100,000. That's 3.6 times the national average. And Brighton and Hove had rates 2.4 times higher than would be expected. But actually, I would expect that in Brighton and Hove. Yeah. Um, you would. Uh, yeah. Luton and Parents are like basically dragging their yeah. kids down to the clinic. And, and Luton and Hounslow, uh, West London, have got the, some of the lowest uh, rates of referral. So this is really interesting. Um, now, I, I saw earlier Bill Mayer's uh, on Twitter, his little, I don't know if you've seen it, this, the clip going round. Yeah. Um, Top and, US comedian, isn't he? Yeah. Talk show host. Yeah. And was, he was also talking about this kind of, uh, I think he was saying, um, Ohio doesn't have as many and then like California, California doesn't. Yeah. I didn't, couldn't quite hear everything he was saying. And that there's some sort of a trendiness to anything other than being straight. And sadly, I think that's true. Yeah. And that's not just straight. And when I said it a few years ago, like it's it's like, uh, okay, how can I say this? I'm not going to sound offensive, but it's like everybody wants to be black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to be, almost have like, I've, I'm I'm oppressed. I'm a, I'm you know I have been I have been persecuted, and you mm. haven't. So it's almost like a covetable thing now mm. to have like this um, history of of trauma of some sort. So everyone has to almost feel, and, and you, you sometimes hear it if you talk about race or racism. You know, oh, it's the race card. You know, you mentioned white. You must be the racist, mm. and that really irks me because it actually takes away from the mm. real issues that are going on ahead. Um, and we do have to ask ourselves, why are so many children, you know, at such a young age, 
feeling that they aren't in the right body. And it's, I mean, a lot of it... It's a social contagion. I mean, yeah, this is, you yeah. know, young teenage girls, it, it goes through teenagers and, and young people. You see it with eating disorders, with self-harming, with other things, with fashion, with, you know, yeah. Tamagotchis or whatever it is, with pop bands. Things become a fashion, people want to do it. Like, like you're saying, there's been this, this huge rise, but it's sort of restricted to, to certain, it's higher in certain areas mm. where you've got more mm. progressive guardian reading type, type people. I love it how they say they, they, they don't know why Luton and Hounslow in West London have got uh, some of the lowest rates of referral to gender clinics. Is that, that's where you've got uh, communities with more traditional values, uh, you know, more immigrant communities. Uh, who aren't going to be subscribing to the to this whole you know progressive let's paint everything rainbow coloured and uh, and transition our children. I mean I think the next Billy Elliot film is just going to be a child uh, desperately trying to avoid a, a transition while his guardian reading parents try and drag him down to the clinic. Uh, that's that's so it's, it's a bit it's like a contagion. It's a bit like the. Um, from Absolutely Fabulous, you know, Dina, yeah. the mother. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of did it to my son and sort of kept saying, darling, if you are gay, you need to, yeah. you know, mummy's here for you <laughs> and I, I will understand. And it was like, well, you could start asking me that question because I always want... So th maybe there is a little bit of that going on as well where you're sort of, oh, oh, it's ever so trendy. Like, you know, it's number 66. They've got a trans child in their house. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and what it does, if you've got a trans or a pansexual child, it yes. means that demonstrates that you're uh, a progressive parent. A progressive parent, absolutely. You know, if you've got uh, two straight kids, so you're a monster. Mm. Yeah, you probably and maybe vote they want Tory. to adopt a black child as well, because then then we can tick all the boxes. And you know, oh my <laughs> I, God, I like, we'll be such the envy of the neighbourhood. I like your point about victimhood, because I mean, look, there are there are people, and there always have been in history, mm. that felt born in the wrong body. But now it's a case of well. Life's difficult, okay? Life is full of pain and challenges. And the answer from medics, institutions, schools, and some parents is, oh, you're in the wrong body, that's your problem. And in many cases, that's just not their issue. Also, they might be gay. They might, you know, I mean, I think, talk about autism and, um, you know, mm. other... Other uh, other things which are I don't know if you well, just, let me, let me traits or types yeah. of neurodiversity. In, well, in most cases, uh, puberty resolves these issues, and yeah. people revert to the natal gender. So obviously, in some cases, transitioning is absolutely the right approach. People really are uh, the wrong gender in the in, in the wrong body. But that's rare. And need to transition, but yeah, it's, it's relatively rare. And puberty usually resolves this. So to to transition children, to put them on puberty blockers and, and hormones, and then uh, put them on the process for for surgical trans transitioning is really jumping the gun when you should really wait and well, see what... what when when I was... I grew, up with two older sisters, I grew up with two older sisters and I played with their dolls and they put dresses and lipstick on me. God knows what fate I would face in 2022. <laughs> but we can all agree I'd make a rubbish woman. Oh, I think you'd make a... I've seen you. You've got great legs. You'd really? make a great yeah, woman. I haven't got the cheekbones and I'm completely <laughs> flat-chested. <laughs> Now, let's move on to the Sunday Telegraph. Uh, highlighting what I've always thought, accountants are bigoted racists, Leo. That's absolutely correct. And we can, we can name the company uh, that Mark just called, because <laughs> I'm sure they've got quite a robust legal team. So uh, KPMG, uh, the big, one of the big four, is it the big four, the big seven? It's, anyway, they're one of the big accountancy Massive, yeah, yeah. Uh, consultancy companies. They're going to make unconscious bias training mandatory and linked to bonuses from next month. Uh, this is just over a year after the previous boss, who had to stand down because of these comments. Uh, he, he, he said uh, he told workers to stop playing the victim card, uh, and his remarks also saw him call unconscious bias complete poo-poo, 
I can't say the actual this word. This guy sounds said, like a hero. Yeah, he's, he, well, he, sounds, he sounds like he said exactly what you just said to Gila. Don't sack him, Leo. Give the guy a yeah. promotion. But now, I mean, companies, corp, the corporate world is so woke now because HR, uh, HR guidance that, that comes down from the um, the central HR body, uh, I mean, it, it's so woke now, it's insane. Like, it talks about how uh, facial expressions can be microaggressions and all this kind of stuff. So you know, HR is just expanding, like insulating foam in a cavity wall to like so all they should do is process payroll and like deal with sick pay, sick days and stuff like that instead they're you know coming up with all this nonsensical uh, training including unconscious bias trainers this is training that basically says look you're definitely racist you're definitely an evil person uh, here's uh, here's a morning off and some free sandwiches and sit through this PowerPoint presentation telling you how bad you are so Gila well, do you disagree what do you think I about do. unconscious bias I, training? I, I, do, I do think um, uh, uh, unconscious bias I mean I've had some training on unconscious bias I don't. I didn't think much of it, if I'm honest. But I think mm. it's probably the, the, the perhaps the people who took it. I think that uh, you, it's right to have had some address to the appalling remarks that he did make, Bill Michael. Um, we know when he said that stop playing the victim card again. It's, it is what I said earlier on, and because but the thing is, that's what you want from the boss: tough love, isn't it? Tough love. Yeah. No, it's but it's not. It's like you don't know what the situation was there. KPMG, uh, they are doing what is kind of like I think I agree with you. It's like across the board, like this is what's mm. happening everywhere. Um, uh, in in terms of unconscious bias, I don't know about that, but you talked about microaggressions. Microaggressions are a real thing. I know this was discussed earlier, and I was watching the show, shouting at the telly, going, "No, microaggressions is a real thing. It happens, and it's and it actually causes, I think, a lot more trauma, a lot more pain than I knew where I was back in the." 80s, early 80s, when racism was actually open, you know, people were openly racist. The what it when it goes That's into microaggression, it is nasty. Right. It is, and because you can't, it's, it's like subtle. the equivalent of an, a comedian on stage and somebody's in the audience and like everyone's laughing and they just cross their arms and look at you and you go. <laughs> do you know what that is the equivalent? I didn't you say You don't anything. get that, Kirsty. Huh? So do, do no, you, no, you no, don't I didn't. But I know what you mean. You can't, you... Because you can't put it out, you can't say. Because everybody's thinking, what are you talking about? You know, because they've just... That so is a micro Do you think we need to bring back conscious bias? We need conscious, conscious bias. bias. We, we, need, need, we need people to be overtly open, racist. Open racist. Overtly racist, because <laughs> we know exactly where we stand with them. But that. But, that, I'm no, just but there to is... Give you a, a, I, I hear what you're saying. perspective, yeah. from a lived experience, yeah. which I know is another buzzword, right? Mm. But it's that is that is it does make a difference. Yeah. It, it is very painful and horrible, and you can't... And I would probably go through a whole day of having micro guests. I'm sure you guys do in your own way, you know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what people might do it to you for just because they don't like you. I don't know. I don't know what micro guests. You well, haven't experienced Scottish, it. It's horrible. No, some people assume that, uh, you know, being Scottish, when, especially when I worked in Canada, yeah. they had this weird idea of Scotland as, you know, we lived in moss huts and didn't have electricity, which actually isn't far off the, <laughs> far off the mark. I've been but... to your house. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going that way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sajila, let's go to The Guardian now and back to racism. Racist oh. three-month-year-old. Okay. So, forgive me, it's the, uh, is it the Sunday Telegraph? Sunday Telegraph. OK, so this is going from one extreme to the other. So children as young as three months old may be racially biased council claims because the council knows these things. The council are aware of these things. And it's their job, isn't and it, rather than collecting job. emptying bins? It's job their job to collect bins, recycle and basically stop these hideous three-month-old babies from being racist. <laughs> um, so th th there's a post that's been shared by the Islington Council that says that by five, ch white children are strongly biased in favour of whiteness. Okay, by five, 
I kind of concur that, you know, you may know colour, you may know that someone's different, and in fact, you have that wonderful quality where you just point it out and say, oh, mummy, why is why is that person black or white? You know, you might oh, say yeah, that. I love it when you're in the queue at the airport and the kid yeah. says, mummy, why, why is that why is that boy brown or something yeah. like that? Why and is that woman see the wearing that funny panic. mask? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, my child's yeah. going to say something that could be construed as racist. I but must they're, deal just, with this. they're just saying it's beautiful and it's innocent and it's lovely, yeah. right? But then they're going further and saying at three months... They have, um, yeah, at three months, babies look more at faces that match the race of their caregivers. No, babies are actually very selfish. They'll go to the person that will feed them, that will give them food and nourishment and comfort. Mm. So it's nothing to do with colour. So, I, I mean, it's just, this is this has gone too far the other way. Yeah. And I think maybe just children let be, and children mm. actually, I think, we could learn from children, like small kids, because they don't see colour, they don't see... They'll only they learn what they're told. Yeah. So, Gila, I mean, in, in all candour, answer me this question. Um, are we now just preoccupied with racism, that everything is seen through the, the, the lens of racism? Have we got to just get over it and tackle inequality and lift up those at the bottom of the economic ladder, some of whom will be from a black or minority ethnic background and others will be very, very poor white people. Do we need to move on from race at some point? Okay, so this article actually does very much harm to real racism out there because the fact that you just said to me, do we need to get over it, mm. right? It just shows how dangerous things like this are because it's it, what it makes everybody think is like, oh, so it's cured, it's fine, nobody's racist, British. Yes, it is. There is it is welcoming. It, there are wonderful things. But when you post, and you be careful when you post online, when you're posting things like, that person, why should they not be, why should they be on this show? I'm sick of seeing blah, blah, blah. You know, that is, there is inferred racism there. It, it does exist, it's there. But I take your point that I mean, it's more a question, not a statement. It's not a statement. Do we focus on it too much or not? Or do not enough? Also, do you think it's a microaggression that Mark is directing these questions about race at you? <laughs> no, and Mark, not me Mark, I know what Mark very well, and I know what he's doing. He's trying to get some balance in, in, in what Well, I want to know, because I, I, I can't decide whether, um, whether now racism is the most evil thing, but whether society and institutions are, are, are essentially you know, preoccupied with it and it, it, it actually that it's counterproductive. I think, yes, Potentially. this, this three-month baby thing, hmm. stuff like that, wrong. Uh, the uh, KPGM story yeah. where they're getting unconscious bias because of something that happened, right, that, that is the way that all organisations are going to have to deal with things. Mm. Do we want to keep talking about, um, you know, statues, all these other things? It's, it's a bit more complicated, and I feel yeah. that a lot more people are being offended on other people's behalf. Yeah. But if you want to know about racism, I suggest you talk to, talk to the people who actually are affected by it and maybe listen to what they've got to say rather than what councillors think yeah. is, is what racism Leo, is. Leo, what do you think? I think now uh, white people are more affected by it. If you're called racist by someone, that's going to have a, a terrible impact in your life. Look at, look at Lawrence Fox, Com whole career ruined because somebody decided he was racist. It's, it's used as a slur, it's used against me, got me cancelled from lots of clubs. But, but it's not affected your career, you're doing ever so well. No, it has. Leo. No, you know, <laughs> if yeah, if I'm, only I'm, for GB News. The thing is, the cream's always going to rise to the top. And when I say cream, that isn't a racist term. That is just, it's a, it's a saying. Uh, you know, and for not one minute did I think cream was racist at all. But yeah, yeah, but I've got to qualify that because that's the... Yeah. White people okay. have to live under this fear of saying or being perceived as racist. And I think the fear... But the fear of, like, being seen as racist does more damage 
then uh, like the look fear. at the grooming gangs. The fear of looking racist stopped anybody dealing with the grooming okay, gangs so for that's, decades. That, you, you, and it's interesting, whenever we talk about race, because you always bring up that argument that the grooming gangs, and I think actually that was an incompetence on the part of the police, and now they're using the racism thing and, as, 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 you know, the inquiry, because they, should, they failed those girls. They in the inquiry, they specifically, said, they specifically said that the fear of looking racist stopped the authorities from dealing with the but issue. But we've gone a long way away. So when you're saying about the fear of like white people feeling that, oh, we can't talk about racism in case we feel, look, come across as racist, that's only going to be an issue if you are slightly holding racist views. No, it's Otherwise, not. The, you, the fear why, of looking... Why can't you speak? I feel I can speak freely. Why can't you not? Like, the only issue, like, on the trans issue, that has kind of silenced all of us because none of us wanted to say the wrong thing. But so you're, you are, you're agreeing that, like, but you, you're, you're saying the, that's exactly no, what I'm know, saying. Know, so you're but, afraid of saying the wrong but, thing, but, being perceived as transphobic. Being, you know, it's the same thing with but racism. But you do then have to look at yourself and think, well, actually, I don't agree with the majority there, but there's still ways to have a conversation. We're still having a conversation here about trans issues without having to resort to being transphobic. Do you see what I mean? It's like yeah, we can and, have and a discussion about discussion. racism exactly. without being racist. Exactly. And to allow a exactly. horrific, to allow horrific crimes like grooming gangs to to continue uh, out of fear of looking racist, if you if you deal with it, shows the the but, power. Leo, you this, bring, you this know, talisman. you bring the grooming. What, what okay. other examples do you have? Because you always bring the grooming gangs into the. It's a huge hundreds of thousands of victims. Every time we talk about racism, oh, we can talk about but but very briefly. Very briefly, Sajila, does you know casting everything as racist? Cartoons are racist. Shakespeare's racist. Racist, the Prime Minister's racist, this table is racist. That, but what it does is it lets real racists off the hook. It's, uh, there's lots of real racists getting off the hooks, but I don't, I mean, that's okay. all kind of exaggeration what you just said. We're revisiting artworks, aren't we? We've got the Rolling Stones can't play Brown Sugar anymore in their concerts, yeah, which but is that's a song, but that's a song not critical from, about slavery. Where is that coming from? Slavery. Is that coming from people who've actually experienced racism? Well, it, it's coming from, from the so called. Think? The yes, so-called anti-racism exactly. anti campaign. Yeah. A fascinating conversation which will continue. Uh, this show is all about opinions. Coming up in part three, we will be fretting over the upcoming summer beer shortage. What the hell? The great allotment shortage and a man that posted himself back from Australia. There's a large parcel to sign for. See you shortly. Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers with myself, Mark Dolan, and two top comedians tonight in uh, Sajila Kershi and Leo Kurse. An exclusive from the Daily Star of all places on a new type of prison, Leo. Yeah, so jihadi jails are going to be built in a £6 million bid to stop radicalisation in British prisons. So three new separation centres will keep influential radicalizers away from the rest of the prison population because they've been... Uh, basically, people have been going into prison and being radicalised in prison, which isn't what you want. It's supposed to rehabilitate, uh, not turn you into a suicide bomber. Um, so, I mean, this... But this is, this is something that... Uh, they, they actually talk about how uh, they've sort of... They've, they've been too sensitive, uh, <laughs> like we were talking about before. Uh, so they've, they've allowed cultural and religious sensitivities to, to deter them from taking this approach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one approach. Another approach would be just to maybe just slow down the flow of people from countries where, where there's, uh, you know, these, these kind of radicals. Good I mean, luck. Good luck with that one. <laughs> Is uh, that racist? Let's move on to the Sunday Times now. And call me jaded if you will, Leo, but I don't think I'll be taking any investment advice from John Terry.
No, well, yeah, no, I was going to say. Uh, so basically, uh, cryptocurrency ads have featured in the past year or, or two have featured uh, people like Matt Damon, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Gwyneth Paltrow, Reese Witherspoon, uh, John Terry and Paul Pogba. But obviously cryptocurrencies have, uh, have dropped. Um, so, so now everybody's lost their, lost their money. Apart from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon, who obviously banked the money of course. Uh, that they were paid for the adverts. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's probably not as bad for you as the other stuff that Gwyneth Paltrow advises, like vaginal steaming and <laughs> strange crystals wow. to put well, inside. Do you know what I think the best currency at the moment? I must rush straight home to try that. That's what you are. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing one of her eggs now and I've never felt better. <laughs> uh, Sajila, so the best way to get paid these days, best currency, probably unleaded petrol and wheat. And neither of them have any use for. Sunflower oil. <laughs> Sunflower oil. I'm trying to think. Apparently we're six weeks away from running out of wheat. I know, I know. But Good news for the celiacs. They finally win, yeah, don't they? Yeah. Well, Putin has blockaded Ukraine's ports. There's 20 million tonnes of grain in, in Ukraine that they can't get out of the country because Putin's blockaded the ports. And he's doing this deliberately to create another migration crisis like he did in 2014. Speaking of crisis, Sunday Mirror, we're about to run out of beer. Oh, uh, we're going to run out of beer this week. Oh, so after two years of lockdown and you want looking toward to a summer, but we're going to have a dry summer uh, because workers are planning a strike which threatens the stocks of some of the, the stock of some of the country's favourite drinks, like uh, Budweiser, Stella Artois, Beck's, and um, it's this is really not. Please don't blame the workers because they've had their um, cost of living um, and they've had their wages yeah. cut, so they're demanding that they get the same labour wages. So it's not their fault. Blame the managers there. So that's that's what's happening there. Let them drink pims. Yeah. I see. I, I'd let them drink champagne, like... <laughs> now you're talking like a true champagne socialist. Uh, the Independent next and a budding gardener has found himself in a sticky situation, Leo. Yeah, so this is a cannabis uh, farmer. He was caught with more than a kilogram of cannabis, but he's escaped jail. Uh, because hundreds, he was supplying medical cannabis to hundreds of cancer patients. Uh, and he's a, he's a cancer patient himself. So Andrew Baines, uh, he has been uh, given, he was spared a 15-year sentence in, in court. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it made it to court, given the, the circumstances here. Uh, he himself has got a CAN card, which is a medical cannabis card recognised by the police. And uh, it's really helped, uh, he's really helping a lot of patients. I mean, I don't think cannabis is prescribed by the NHS yet, but it probably will be one day. I mean, some of the patients, so seven-year-old Oscar has autism and Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, a severe form of epilepsy that causes him to suffer hundreds of seizures a day, leaves him disabled, but the cannabis oil really helps him control the seizures. So, you know, this, this guy, he's, he's, I think he's been given a six-month uh, ASBO hmm. or something, you know, a sort of slap in the wrist. But for him to go through the, the actual trauma of, of being subjected a, to the criminal it. justice system hmm. um, is, you know... Th there is a strange puritanism about medically applied cannabis, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there is. And it's it a does strange think, hangover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it does so much good and I pe know people who relied on it so, yeah. so much. But in 2020, uh, the average custodial sentence for rape offences was 10 years. And this guy was given 15 for basically having marijuana. Quite mm. ridiculous. The Mail on Sunday now with some statistics on how often we speak to our neighbours. I've looked at the figures and I'm surprised... It's that high, if I'm honest, Sajila. OK, says so she who doesn't, hasn't... Yeah, I've got a horrible neighbour I don't talk to. But anyway, <laughs> I, thought, I hope they're not watching. Um, and I know that you left the rubbish outside. I know you did that. In a bin? No, on the Just floor. On the, the floor? Have you had words or is it Bad a cold words. war? Oh, it's cold war. So basically, one in 20 adults in Britain have never spoken to their neighbours, uh, that study finds. A poll found that less than half of those surveyed know their neighbour's name. I do know some of my neighbours' names. Mm. As a result, 23% admitted they call their neighbours mate 
All right, mate. All right, mate. All right, love. All right. Um, and uh, an average of three years it takes them to get to properly know their neighbours. And of course, COVID kind of, uh, you know, sort of made made us have more of a sense of community. That's what they're saying. And um, 48% of adults think that that's great when, you know, for the children. Mm. Um, and they also believe it's good for themselves to kind yeah. of know your neighbours. London is kind of weird in that people don't talk to each other. Like when I uh, first moved to London, I had to get used to not speaking to strangers at the bus stop. You start speaking to people at the bus stop and in, in Glasgow, people just talk to you. But in London, people are like, oh my God, I don't have any money. You know, please stay away from me. You know, it's very strange. Well, I used to, to live next to a very nice couple called Fred and Rose. And uh, you know, they were very sociable, kept themselves themselves, always took their bins out. Uh, moving on now to the Mail on Sunday. And Leo is actually offered to accompany Sajila as she outlines the story with a real-time interpretive dance of the article. He's been limbering up all evening in preparation. Sajila and Leo, over to you. So uh, daily dancing has been linked to lessening anxiety symptoms, managing management of chronic pain, and even an overall higher quality of life for people suffering from Alzheimer's. <laughs> yes. So oh, yeah. dancing's good yeah. for you, basically. You look like John Travolta in that jacket, by the way. Thank you very yeah, much. Do you want to do the thank little John Travolta? Thank you. <laughs> Is that what he does? I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't you think I get singing in the shower does it for me? I'm not sure about dancing. Well, oh, don't dance in the dancing. shower, that's very dangerous. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Honestly, I, me and my son, when I'm doing the cooking and stuff in the kitchen... I thought kitchen, you were going to be in the, seeing it, talking about the shower. No, not in the shower. That would be dodgy. Yeah. Really dodgy. We had a story like that. It's made me feel ill. I would not say that. Your <laughs> yeah. son is absolutely hot. I totally wouldn't blame him. Oh, bless you. But, yeah, get off him. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> you, were, you had confused emotions there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm proud. But no. <laughs> but, yeah, we used, we, we used to do like, little dances in the kitchen while he was doing his like homework and stuff. Sweet. And it's just like a really lovely thing. And because mm. and, and, hearing going... I love music, so I love the kind of, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd have a little dance too. Yeah. Give me a little one. How about you? Do you like a boogie? No, it's terrible. I hate dancing. It makes me feel like a wally. So I don't want to do it. But, uh, but this person, Star Varton, which sounds like a made-up name from a science fiction book, uh, says that we hold every experience we've ever had in our body, so being able to move may release something we've been holding tucked away in a muscle. I'm pretty sure that's not science. That's just made-up dance nonsense. Yeah, but babies all dance. They don't know. Wherever they learn to dance, they always move, don't they? Yeah, music. it's true. It's yeah. true. And, and there's a book called All, all Babies Sing as well. Yeah. well so, so how about that? Well, look, let's finish on a man trapped in a box, Sajila. OK, so Brit posted himself home from Australia and the men who, he's looking for the men who nailed him in the box. And this happened, like, many years ago. He's, uh, he basically uh, was homesick in Australia, asked these two guys, I think they're called Paul and John, and Paul was 100% against it. And he goes, no, mate, I don't know about this. I don't know, I don't know about this. And John said, no, don't worry, mate. Uh, I'll persuade him. I'll that get him accent to do it. is a yeah, microaggression. It's, yeah, it's a microaggression. It's racist as well. So what are you going to do about it? Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, 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 he got like all the way. He, was gonna, he thought he was going to come back to Wales, but actually the ship stopped in America. And then um, he went to all immigration staff. And then they like sent him to the UK where he wanted to go. Um, but didn't sort of you know, do anything. But now he's looking for these two guys. And he said, I just want to know who they are. Uh, and, and, and I thought I knew who they were. But basically what's happened is if they to say yes, that's a crime mm. they're going to be admitting to do, isn't it? So they've got to come forward, are they? No. Paul and John. Paul and John, stay away. Where did mind he poo? Hmm? I want to know where he pooed where when he, he was in the No, he, the he, he took laxatives for three days to clear his system okay. out. All right, well, there you go. A man trapped in a box, something we would normally consider to be a typical Saturday night out. Maybe he's Yoga. a mime artist. Well, probably. Uh, thanks for your company. I'm back tomorrow. Brilliant job from Sajila and Leo. See you soon. 
Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 